Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Budo Brothers Podcast, and today we have a special edition. We have an interview with a company called Fuck Up Nights. Now, due to the nature of the name, this is going to be an explicit episode with <laughs> language. So if there's any kids in the car or wherever you're at, mm-hmm. either throw in your headphones or, or get in get into a place where they can't hear. Totally. So if you haven't heard of Fuck Up Nights, it's essentially the inversion of a TED Talk. TED Talks, you get on stage, you talk about the cool stuff you're doing, you talk about all your successes and, all, and what got you there. Fuck Up Nights is the reverse. They talk about all the failures and everything that you did and screwed up, but used it as a leverage point to get to that next level. And that's what Fuck Up Nights is all about. And we got to do a local talk about a year ago. Yeah. It was about a year ago. Yep. Uh, talk in front of about, what, 150 people, something like that? Close to two. Yeah. And it was awesome. We got to learn from some awesome entrepreneurs. We got to tell our story and all the things that we've screwed up in our game and had a lot of fun doing it, learning and growing. And that's what I love about this program is it helps you learn from those who have gone before. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you for joining us for our very first Fuck Up Nights podcast, podcast, minicast, whatever this is going to turn into, we'll figure it out. We're so glad you're here. Uh, thanks for making time. And uh, let's just quickly introduce, so we've got Jared here. Jared's, uh, our, he's from Strive Accelerator. He runs that podcast as well, so he's here to help us. I'm Shay, I work with Fuck Up Nights. I typically run their social media. And we've got Eric and Kyle here from Budo Brothers. That's right. How's it going, guys? Boys. <laughs> yeah, the boys are here. Who've been with Fuck Up Nights for some time. You'll know Eric and Kyle from one of our very first events where we got to see them in person. We're OGs forever since we've done in person mm-hmm. so how have you guys been we've been good we've been really good we have been fucking things up left right and center ever since our inaugural presentation which showcased all our previous fuck-ups it's like it's like that was the warm-up now we're in the, <laughs> now we're in the game with the fuck-ups yes act two. yeah act two yeah definitely like since so since you talked with us in person last time what would you say besides dropping your memory card in the wine earlier what would you say is your biggest fuck up since that time that you spoke? Ooh, well, definitely dropping the uh, memory card in the wine was a good one because we would have been hooped there. Yeah. Before this, I was passing Eric the memory card yes, to yes. plug into our, our task cam and I dropped it in the wine. So, so I thought we learned from previous mistakes uh, about making sure that when we do a production order that we are good to go on everything. And when I rewind this one, I I see where I fucked up, but it's not that obvious. So we have a very simple product that we've been trying to bring out for years. It's a, it's a training shirt. Okay. It's got nice waves on it. It's awesome. And this training shirt has a very specific color and is, the original sample we got is this the training shirt we did all the product photography yes. and everything for yep okay yeah exactly yeah, so shirt. not only have we already preloaded our cannons with all kinds of content around this training shirt because it's awesome it is the perfect fit it's the perfect fabric it's amazing for training it's not skin tight it's not super loose it it's literally the bees knees it is the <laughs> best training shirt we've ever trained with 
we got the first sample made and it looks good. And I just wanted to be extra sure that he was using the right file. So I said, listen, just make sure I sent him the file. I'm like, just please make sure for the final production run, you use this color code for the run. Wait, wait, wait. Is this the same color code we send to everybody and they get it perfectly? Exactly. Oh, okay. That so color code. all of our other manufacturers that have ever put the Budo Brothers Blue Waves on any of our products have been bang on. So naturally, I'm like, that's the one. That's all I got to do is send them that file, make sure it's right. And so we ordered what? I said, let's, we did kind of learn from our mistakes. We said, you know, let's not go. Didn't back up the truck. We didn't back up the truck, but still we ordered 250 units. That's not by me. Hey, that's for a tester. That's for a great. Tester. Yeah. We normally, our rule is a hundred. We want to just, you know, in case something screws up or there's no demand. Test batch a hundred. Test batch a hundred. The order shows up and <laughs> Kyle comes into my condo. He's like, yo, I got to show you this training shirt. <laughs> I, I looked at it and I puked in my mouth a little bit because it was the wrong color i'm under the di direct realization that blue is different in pakistan it's it's the wrong color <laughs> it's the wrong color so i'm like I, I took one look at it i'm like that's not the right blue it's a nice blue a and guess what it's a really nice blue but it's not the blue that all of our assets and all the content that we've already shot in hawaii with our homeboys vec labs with all of the different, like yeah. none of it. I gotta add. I gotta add a little extra fuck up in there too. The whole because we're in COVID time. Like there's some crazy fuck ups that could happen. Mm -hmm. So I scheduled an appointment with somebody and three o'clock. Right, and it's so backwards now. So I go ahead, get organized, like clean up, show up ten minutes early, knock on their door, and like. They open in pajamas. They're like, our meeting was on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, oops, can we reschedule? <laughs> yeah. Can I go back to my car? Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'll call you from my <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I feel like COVID has kind of ushered in a new era of fuck ups, you know? Yeah. And I think. COVID has fucked up a lot of business models and a lot of entrepreneurs are really trying to pivot and are continuing to pivot. And the ones that can adapt and adjust are thriving. And the ones that can't, it's the forest fire that's taken out the old wood. Yeah. I think a lot of businesses too, they had some of these plans like in the wings and they're like, oh yeah, we'll get to that eventually. And then COVID expedited it, you know, like yes. a lot of people for like, like their online plans, their online marketing, like all that, they're like someday. And then it's like, nope, today you're doing mm -hmm. it now. Like you don't have a choice. Yeah. yeah. What is this Instagram? Like now it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. God. My mom's, my mom's like sending me reels now. It's like, they all, like it's yeah. <laughs> fast forward now. Like it's like, what? what mom, you just made a reel. <laughs> <laughs> And my mom's like, I can't get into the app for my gym. I need to do I'm like, you have an app for your gym. Like, oh, what is happening? <laughs> so what do you think, like, in your opinion, with all of these, like your fuck ups that you just described, but then also, obviously, all the business learnings that are happening? What do you think like the average person can take out of that? If you, you can focus just on your fuck up, if you want, like, what do you yeah. what do you think is the biggest takeaway for the general public? So with everything we do, and especially in business, we've been learning a lot from nature. And Eric just touched on it a little bit. Um, in nature, you can see when a forest fire comes over, it, it just clears out all the 
debris and old trees and it makes new room for uh, new upcoming things. And essentially that's what it was. The business entrepreneurship world just got corrected and hammered. Everybody, there was a forest fire that cleared everything out and the people now who are innovative, creative and fast acting are going to double down on their assets that were working, get rid of all the things that weren't, and they're gonna double down on that and use it to improve and to grow. So it's essentially like a a fitness plan, right? You're just cutting all the fat and you're just cutting off all the waste, cutting out all the useless things and doubling down on what's working. And everybody who survives this time is gonna come out with a stronger, more efficient business. Definitely. How did you guys cut that fat? We're kind of lucky, but we also realized that we build our own luck. And we were fortunate enough pre-COVID to, and it, it actually turned out, this the idea for pivoting our business turned out from our own misfortune or not misfortune, our own our own limitations. So we were just selling physical products. And for those who don't know anything about Budo Brothers, we're a martial arts lifestyle company. The reality of what we do is we design really awesome martial arts inspired products. And our whole goal is to try and inspire people to try martial arts. If they're not already a martial artist, because if you are a martial artist, you understand what it can do for your life. We have seen too many people's lives change by trying martial arts, getting involved in martial arts, watching the next generation tap into their true potential on the mats, discovering their powers. And so we wanted to come up with a way to celebrate martial arts. And there's a lot of division inside martial arts. My style is better than your style and my master could kick your master and all this. We saw that as an opportunity to celebrate every single style and system because someone, anyone has something to teach you, whether they know, whether they know nothing or they're an expert, you can learn from them. And so we decided to come up with a way to celebrate all martial arts and wrap a cool brand around it. So we started out just by selling physical products and I was literally running a fulfillment center out of my condo. And we were, anytime we sold a you package. You were a hoarder. I still am. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so anytime we got an order, I'd get home from work and I'd package it up and go down to Canada Post or wherever and put it in the mail. And we had a funny game because like I'm on the like, I'm on like getting clients and customer side. So I'm like going like getting all these sales and like yeah and then he'd be like dude shut off the ads turn like, off I'm the like, ads what do you mean i'm doing good out here i'm doing i'm killing it i'm doing what i'm supposed shut to it down. do shut, shut it down shut down the ads well, stop it it would start taking me three four days to get a package out and then we have upset customers and so we were very it became very obvious that we had much more potential than we were realizing and it was our own inability to service that demand that was keeping us from continuing continuing to grow and so we also didn't want to go and get a big facility and do all these things, but we wanted to grow. So we thought what we've always wanted to learn how to sell digital products. And we saw an opportunity in helping people learn from the best 
practitioners in their game, people that have dedicated their lives to the art of their choice and that might not know anything about social media, might not know anything about how to get that their teachings and their life's work documented and shared where it can be where the rest of the community can reap the value and the benefits of those teachings. And so we had this expertise in social media just over the last, it would have been the last three years at the time of developing content, shooting videos and having fun doing it. So we're like, why don't we do digital seminars, physical seminars where people go to learn from a master in a seminar. You know, you, you spend 180 bucks or whatever the price is for a full day's worth of training, you know, seven hours of training with this master and it's in person. But we thought, why can't we create uh, the almost a one-on-one -on -one experience where the instructor is teaching you his art, everything that he's poured, he or she has poured their life into. Can we capture that, extract their knowledge, put it into digital form and get it out to the masses? And that was what we set out to do. That was the next phase of our growth. So we really wanted to coin the term digital seminars because it's a seminar in digital form. And that's how it started. Yeah, so the, our inability to scale our physical product forced us in the early stage to get to digital. And ahead of the game ahead of the game so when this and we've always been with a model of direct to consumer uh we had uh, options to like put ourselves in stores and like carry a bunch of inventory but we went straight direct to consumer and lucked out that that's now kind of so popular and common that's like a, a great business model but our our inability to have all of these assets forced us to get really lean and mean and right now we we're even getting leaner and meaner with like just analyzing what products are going well what are not and not bringing to market the things that don't work mm -hmm. and just focusing in on digital and our our the ones that the marketplace tells us are amazing what are some of the lessons been for that digital sem building those digital seminars for you guys i think the way I view it is it's, I always look for a three-way value chain. It, you know, two, a two-way value chain is, hey, I'm going to do this for you. Hey, thanks. Give me money. Two-way value chain. The strongest geometrical shape is a triangle. And if you can ha find three points of value to connect, that's special. That's strong. And so with digital seminars, that's one of the things that I really learned was if we can figure out a way to help these practitioners that have spent their lives dedicated to the art, help them get their message and their passion and their purpose to more people and help support them, especially in a time when your school is likely shut down. And if that's your only source of income, that can be a problem. So if we can find a way to help the practitioner and also, so that in turn helps us. It helps us grow. It helps the practitioner grow. But then we also tied in our nonprofit, the Budo Youth Fund, where 10% of the profits from our digital seminars goes towards our nonprofit, which helps fund deserving kids, that families that might just be down on their luck, that could use the help. They've got a son or daughter that has itching to get on the mats, but for whatever reason, and it's usually financial, they can't. 
And we want to help make that happen because martial arts changed our lives. We realize and understand the power that it has. And now we feel like it's our responsibility to ensure that the next generation has those same opportunities. So you bring up an interesting tangent there. Like I, I love that Buddha Brothers also has this fund that helps like at risk or or underprivileged youth. Like I think that's amazing. I've I've known about that for a little bit. But what would you say? Like that sounds like a huge motivation, but what would you say is your guys' main motivation behind what you do? Like what are you what are you seeking to accomplish in the grand scheme of things, I guess? I, I can't hundred percent speak for Eric, but my biggest motivation is is freedom like it sounds super cheesy and corny but it's it's freedom i know there's so many people out there in situations that are going to a place day in day out that they just hate and it wears on them physically it wears on them emotionally it wears on their family when they go home and as an entrepreneur yeah you can create this nine figure business do whatever exit for all of those things but if you were to break it down to why i do it as myself is to create a lifestyle where i serve people doing what i enjoy providing immense value to people and in return they allow me the freedom to focus on my passion and when you have something you're passionate about and you serve people you combine those two and then you get purpose service and passion equals purpose and the closer that we can get any human to that is our goal and that's why we do podcasts that's why we reach out to our Buddha brothers community our initial in injection of this into the world is through the lens of martial arts it's freeing to a person to know that you could be passionate about damn near anything. We were passionate about martial arts. Our first product that we brought to market was a three foot dowel, like a stick. A stick. <laughs> and so if you have passion and you are, go at it with good intent, you can create abundance for yourself doing what you want to do. Mm -hmm. And not only creating that story for myself and Eric creating it for himself, sharing that story and sharing that with people is the reason behind it all. And we just recently got really clear on why does Boodle Brothers exist? And it is to help people tap into their true potential through martial arts. That's it. Love it. That's beautiful. Love it. That is amazing. That's like a, that's a wonderful, wonderful mission. Um, I feel like I've heard kind of like your fuck ups and, and how that has guided you and what, what your true guidance is outside of the fuck ups, I guess to bring it around to fuck up nights where we all met, I would love to know what you guys see as the value of fuck up nights, like some initiative like that. What kind of value does that bring to the entrepreneurship community? One thing that people hate to talk about and you see it in the Instagram culture, right? Everybody always leads with their best selfie, their best angle, the best look, the best pose. They could have the worst vacation, hurricaned all the time, got in fights like and like a bird shit on your head. 
and yet the picture that they post to their Instagram was like, oh, amazing. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. Living my best life. Like, you know, everybody wants to hype up and hyper inflate their successes. I'm on an app called Clubhouse right now. Everybody's a, a, a billionaire on there. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> it's it's like everybody's a billionaire. Are you not telling us something? Are you a billionaire? <laughs> <laughs> but nobody on those places and those platforms talks about the hard stuff, mm. talks about the dark side, talks about failure. And we've learned that failure is where the learning, the lessons and the growth happens. In jujitsu, they say you have to get comfortable in uncomfortable situations. And as entrepreneurs, the more comfortable we could get with failure let down, grief, sadness, all of those things. Because when you step onto the field of entrepreneurship, nothing goes right. There's a very small percentage of things that go right. And to the fact where most entrepreneurships have a hard time celebrating the successes because they're just so used to getting hammered by this mess up, this mess up, putting out this fire, dealing with HR, blah, 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 blah. Getting comfortable with failure and chaos and just the process mm -hmm. and that's what i enjoy about fuck up nights is because it's breaking trend it's doing something against the grain it is saying hey i understand we could talk about how you unmasked three million followers on tiktok or we could talk about the real juice behind the business and that is how did you deal with failure and how has it helped you to get to where you are and and making it the real value that I, and I literally don't want to miss a single fuck up night because there's such immense value in learning from the creativity of these entrepreneurs and how they turned those lemons into some incredible lemonade. Every single story that you hear is this was the crisis. And here is how I turned it into an opportunity. And it just flips the scripts half the time and it gets you thinking more creatively, learning how somebody got themselves out of a bind and how that curse turned into a blessing, even though while you were going through it, it's the worst possible thing that could ever happen. But then when you look in the rear view and you connect all the dots, if that didn't happen, I wouldn't be here and wherever here is. And also, too, the only thing that might be better than fuck up nights what? is is the fuck up nights after parties. Yeah. <laughs> the dance parties. I was like, wait a second, where are you going with it? <laughs> Fingers crossed that we get back to a place where we can hang out as in social groups again. Yes. The after parties are hanging out with people who are on the same journey and same mission as you and all like-minded mm -hmm. and just having a good time. Listening Not to some bump and grind. <laughs> <laughs> Ride it, jump on it. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle's just gonna do the music live. I love oh, it. Oh, you yeah. know, I would not wish that on anybody. My singing on anybody. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Well, we're pretty close to wrapping things up here. You guys have had some amazing insights, some wonderful fuck up stories. Is there anything else you want to throw at us? Some last words of wisdom, or just some great stories that maybe you didn't bring to the table yet? I think I, I really think the key takeaway is looking at every crisis as an opportunity, and when we we come from a martial arts background and the Japanese kanji, the, the characters for crisis 
is the same characters for opportunity. So they figured it out thousands of years ago. They're like, yeah, and it's really ingrained in the Japanese culture. You know, a tsunami, and look at where they live, right? Volcanoes and earthquakes and tsunamis and everything is, you know, it's, it's wild. But they're so resourceful because they try to harmonize with that. They say, all right, the tsunami came in and knocked down all our temples. But guess what? Now we got, a, we got like 10 years supply of chopsticks. Let's t put all of these broken woods and whittle them into chopsticks. Let's make lemons out of le lemonade out of lemon. Lemonade out of lemons. That is what it is. And I, I'd like... I'd like to end too with uh, one of the biggest strategies we've been using to get through just this chaotic, turbulent time is, is gratitude. Mm. And we are so grateful that you guys are the face of Calgary entrepreneurship and putting your necks out there and really pushing the, the boundaries and making this stuff happen. We couldn't be more grateful for the platform and the opportunity to do this. Oh, thank you so much. We're, we're so grateful to have amazing entrepreneurs like yourselves who are willing to talk so openly about your journey and really inspire the next generation of entrepreneurs, I guess you could say. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun and I can't wait to party in person. Ride it, <laughs> jump on it. Someday. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. We'll, we'll talk soon. All right. Take care.